Lord, your church may be able to hear what you are speaking. Lord, we pray that you may speak. We say that we are here listening. Lord, we commit this time back into your precious hands. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Can we turn to Luke 21? Through his death, he overcame. And he defeated the enemy. And then he ascended to the right hand of the Most High. Here is a wonderful prophecy to show that our wonderful Lord, this man of sorrows, was ascended to the right hand of the Most High. In the book of Revelation, uh, there was a question that was asked who is worthy to open the scroll? And then John was told that there was the Lion of Judah that was worthy to open the scroll. But interesting description from John was who was the one that was on the throne? It was actually a lamb. A, a lamb that had been slain. So this is the one who was on the throne. So this son of man was coming, he came out to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Brothers and sisters, a wonderful story. But, the, but it doesn't end there. If that were the case, that would have been a wonderful work of our Lord Jesus. But remember, um, Remember when the Lord, he went to the Mount of Transfiguration. And there he was talking with Elijah and Moses about how he was going to leave this world. And, uh, at, that, and at that very moment, the Lord's face was transfigured. He was a man that fully satisfied the Father's heart. He was a man after God's own heart. And he fully pleased the Father. And he could have ascended there. But brothers and sisters, for your sake and my sake, the Bible says he set his face towards Jerusalem. At, at that moment, he decided to embrace the cross. Because, brothers and sisters, he was willing to be that seed that fell on the ground and died. To bear much fruit. Because, brothers and sisters, he did not just want to do it for himself. Because God had an even greater purpose. And that purpose was to include you and I. So if you keep on reading in the book of Daniel, this chapter 7, and then in verse 27 it says, and this talks about the Lord 
defeating uh, uh, the, um, the, the, the Lord's victory. Then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms of the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions will serve and obey him. 二十七节，国度、权柄和天下、诸国的大权必赐给至高者的圣名。他的国是永远的，一切掌权的都必侍奉他、顺从他。So brothers and sisters, I don't know if you ever noticed this verse，我不知道你有没有注意到这几节。But it says the kingdoms and the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one。这里讲到天下诸国的大权都必赐给至高者的圣名。this almost reads like a New Testament verse, right? But this is a wonderful prophecy that the Lord is going to share His kingdom with the saints. And then, um, uh, and then uh, His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. The minions will serve and obey Him. So, um, uh, um, brothers and sisters, this should remind us of a verse in Matthew chapter 21. Now, we said that our Lord was that uh, stone that crushed the toes of, of um, that statue, right? But in Matthew 21, verse 42, Jesus said to them, uh, Matthew 21, verse 42, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? This became the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will take be will be taken away from you and given to a people, producing the fruit of it. And verse forty-four. And he who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls it will scatter him like dust. 随掉在这石头上，必要跌碎。这石头掉在谁的身上，就要把谁砸得稀烂。So, brothers and sisters, in verse forty-three, this is an echo to the verse we just read. The kingdom of God be taken away from you and given to a people, producing the fruit of it. 四十三节其实与我们刚才之前所读的经文呢，好像一个回应。这里讲到神的国必从你们夺去，赐给那能结果子的百姓。and then in verse 44 it says, And he who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on him, whoever it falls, it will scatter him like dust. So there are two things that can happen as it relates to the stone. You're either going to be crushed by the stone, or you're going to be crushed on it. So what does this mean? So we know in Daniel chapter 2, our Lord was that huge stone and it crushed on the feet of that statue. And that whole kingdom, uh, the kingdom of mankind came and was destroyed into pieces. But the question is this, 
How is it that the Lord was going to do a work? So that this kingdom could be entrusted to another people. There is another portion to this scripture. Verse 44. It says, He who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. So, brothers and sisters, you're either going to be crushed by the stone, or somehow when you fall on him, you'll be crushed. You will be broken to pieces. What does that mean? It speaks of the Lord that the work that the Lord is going to do in us. Brothers and sisters, we said in ourselves there is no good. Now, in the in the Old Testament, this this phrase "son of man" comes up many times. Actually, over three hundred times. But if you trace the root of that word, the word "son" in Hebrew is "ben." So remember the name Benjamin. He's the son of my right hand. Son of my right hand. And then, uh, so Ben means son. But if you read almost 300 places, the son of man, the word man is Adam. Son of Adam. And if you read most of the places, it talks about the son of Adam. Ezekiel is called the son of Adam. So everyone under the sun is the son of Adam. But the interesting thing is this: when the Holy Spirit used this word "son of man" to describe our Lord, he used another word for the word "son." That word is bar. Remember the Lord Jesus says Simon Bar Jonah. Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. Bar Jonah means the son Bar of John. Bar Jonah. Son of John. Right, so that's what it means, Bar Jonah. But not only does the Holy Spirit use the word Bar, but the word for man is Enash, E N A S H, and it's not the Son of Man. So here was a prophecy that here was the Son of Man, but he was very different. He's not the son of Adam. You see the contrast? Son of Adam, without God, ultimately, its manifestation is the manifestation of a beast. But here was the hope of mankind. Because here was the son of man, Bar Enosh, who was very different. So, what is it that we're talking about? So, what is it that the Lord is doing? So, let's read in First Corinthians chapter fifteen. Fifteen. First Corinthians chapter fifteen. 
So also it is written, the first man Adam became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The first man is from the earth, earthy. The second man is from heaven. As is the earthy, so also are those who are earthy. And as is the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. Just as we have borne the image of the earthy, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Now, brothers and sisters, there was the first Adam. He became a living soul. But thank the Lord, the last Adam, he became a life-giving spirit. Who was our Lord? Our Lord came to conclude all that was of Adam. To say, that's it for Adam. He was the last Adam. But he was a life-giving spirit. But then what it says is, the first man is from earth, the second man is from heaven. So the first is of earth, the second is spiritual. So, um, so, uh, and then verse 14 says, So we have borne the image of the earthy, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. Now remember, man was created after God's own image. I remember when I was little, when I was in school, and I was in public school in Brazil, and uh, I remember in science class, it says, you know, all living beings are, uh, we're all animals. It's uh, it's just that the uh, that we are rational animals, and then the other animals are irrational animals. I thought, wow, that makes a lot of sense. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm just an animal. But I just am rational animal. So this is what the world taught me. But then, brothers and sisters, we realize that we are not animals. That we are men and women created in God's image. So the we are the only one that God said we were created in His own image. And we talk about our um, that man is a spirit, soul, and body. Sure, our bodies are just like uh, just like the animals. But there's something different about our souls. Our soul is made up of the, the mind, the will, and the emotion. 
Yeah, 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 that's right. And then, what does it mean to be created in His own image? So God is wisdom. So the Lord gave us a mind that is just like Him. I think, therefore, I am. But not only that, God did. God also gave us a will. He did not make us robots. Uh, nowadays, uh, you know, cars are getting smarter and smarter. As a matter of fact, they say cars are actually more reliable drivers than humans. I have a, I have a hard time trusting that still. But apparently, cars can uh, if they uh, if a car steps on the well if a car suddenly stops ahead of you. The cars can the car can stop for you. Even if you're texting, you know, it will stop for you as an example. And then uh, and then they're talking about autonomous cars. And then it's actually much safer than us humans. But God did not choose us to God did not choose to make us robots. He did not say, okay, here is a tree of life, you are to take up the tree of life. But God gave us a free will. Because God is a God of will. He decides to do things. He said, let there be light, and there was light. But He gave us His choice to say yes and no to Him. But not only that, we are a, a being of emotions. God is love. So then He gives us emotions. Just like Him. So this is the special feature of man. But the wonderful thing is this. Man is also spirit. This way we can commune with God. So no other animal can do this. So, brothers and sisters, we were created in His own image. But the unfortunate thing was this. Man decided that I don't need God. So what did the tree of life speak about? The willingness of man to be dependent upon God. But man chose to be independent. Men chose to reject God. So when God originally created man, He gave commandments to man. He said, uh, you are to be fruitful and multiply. And uh, you are to rule over the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea, and, and the beasts in the field. So God had a wonderful plan. God's idea was because God created man in his own image. Somehow through his fellowship with God. Somehow through taking of the tree of life, man would be willing to declare his dependence on God. And then as man submitted to God, man would know how to rule this earth. Everything will be in its proper order. 
And then as man multiplied, and as every each one was submitted to, to God, each man was dependent on God, everything would be in its proper order, then the glory of God could fill the earth. So that's what's spoken in Psalm 8. How majestic is your name upon all the earth. So, so that was God's plan from the beginning. But what happened? Man rebelled. Man sinned. And what happened was the, the spirit of man lost its function. Now, but our souls wanted is always want something to control it. So what happened? So the spirit was dead, not functional. So now the body climbed on top of the soul. So now the body starts to make all the decisions. So brothers and sisters, so the body started to be predominant for us. So, what is it that man lives for? Oh, we need to eat. We need to live. So, what else do we need? Man discovered that they were naked. We need clothes. So, we need to buy clothes. So we need to buy not just regular clothes. It has to be nice clothes. It has to be fashionable clothes. So um, everything is delegated by our bodies. So um, uh, uh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. Now, do I not just want clothes? I want a nice house. I need nice heat. Because it gets cold outside. And I need a nice car to drive me around. I need to satisfy my bodily urges. So now, you see, everything is delegated by the, the body. Whatever I want is okay. So, brothers and sisters, isn't that the story of mankind? I don't need to tell you. You just take the top ten most popular songs now. And you read the lyrics. And it, all it's talking about is the lust of the, of the flesh. Uh, you know, I'm sure if we couldn't probably even read it because it's just so awful. But that's what man has become. So you see, man not, now not only did not reach God's standards, man is now subhuman. So that's what, what does the Bible describe it? As the beast. What is the difference between us and other animals? Maybe a little smarter. But apart from the Lord, what is the difference? So animals, what do they what what all what is it that they live for? They live for eating and they live for 
reproducing. That's all it is. But brothers and sisters, is that all that God has prepared for man? But thank the Lord that our Lord was the last Adam. He was the life-giving spirit. And what is it that the Lord is trying to do? He's trying to uh, restore us. So didn't here it says, just as we have borne the image of the earthy, the image of the earthy is fleshly. When, when everything is delegated by the body, and all the evil things that come out of it, that's why it's called the flesh. It doesn't smell good. Because it's, when you see somebody, the predominant aspect of that person is that flesh. But thank the Lord. In the second part of verse 49, it says, We will also bear the image of the heavenly. So this should remind us of Romans chapter 8. Uh, Romans chapter 8, very familiar verse, right? Um, verse, verse 23 and not only this but we also we ourselves having the first fruits of the spirit even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting eagerly for adoption of sons the redemption of our body 23节不但如此就是我们这有圣灵出结果子的 也是自己心里叹息，等候得着儿子的名分，乃是我们的身体得赎。And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. 第二十八节。二十八节，我们都晓得万事互相效力，叫爱神的人得益处，就是按他旨意被招的人。Verse twenty-nine, for those whom He foreknew. He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom He predestined, He also called, and these whom He called, He also justified, and these whom He justified, He also glorified. So, brothers and sisters, verse 49, it says, We have predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son. Not not the image of the earthly anymore, but the image of the heavenly. So that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. Why did the Lord set His face towards Jerusalem? And we said that He was that seed that fell on the ground and died. But because he died, he bore much fruit. Because he was to be the firstborn among many brethren. Brothers and sisters, what was this work? What is the work that the Lord is trying to do? Our Lord was the perfect man. He was the perfect contrast to the beasts. He is the Son of Man. Now, for the first time in the history of mankind, 
There was a voice from heaven that said, This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. God finally could say, Here is a man that was that is after my own heart. Here was a man that fully satisfied the Father. Here was a man that fulfilled the original purpose of God. But thank the Lord. The story didn't end there. Here was a man that pleased the God, God's heart so fully. He could have ascended into heaven. But no, the Lord set his face for Jerusalem. And he died on the cross. And he shed his blood. Out of his side came forth water and blood. Now we know blood speaks about forgiveness. But water speaks of life. Brothers and sisters, our Lord was willing to share His life with us. He is that tree of life. He is that life that we are to partake of. So that what? So that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. So, brothers and sisters, his goal was that not only is that him being a man after God's own heart would be a reality for him, but it would be a reality for each one of us. Now, finally, we can be returned to the original purpose of God. Now, man... Adam and Eve, they chose of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But God allows us today to partake of the tree of life. So when we partake of his life, we are saying this. Now we want to be again dependent on God. Now our Lord, he was the perfect son of God. But yet, when he was on earth, he always said, I do not do anything on my own initiative, but I do what is in my Father's heart. So I am, uh, I am completely dependent on him. He had every right to say, I'll do whatever I want because I know it's right. But no, he lived a dependent life. So, brothers and sisters, this is the life that we can partake of. So that we can depend on him. So, what is it the work that he's doing? He's conforming us to the image of his son. So that we can be like him. So it's just like partaking of that tree of life. So somehow we can be returned to the purpose of God. Now in Romans chapter 8, it said uh, in verse uh, 5, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. 
Because the mindset of the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do those. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So brothers and sisters, the mindset of the flesh is death. You know that before the Lord came, all that you saw was the manifestation of the flesh. Now, I don't know if you remember the story of, of Nebuchadnezzar. In Daniel chapter 4, it talks about how uh, uh, he saw a vision. And then that was a vision of a tree that was chopped down. And then uh, they said, well, keep the stump. Because it's going to come back to life. It spoke of the story of how Nebuchadnezzar, his mind would change to the mind of a beast. So for seven years, he was crawling on the ground. His nails became very long. He was eating grass like cattle. Think about it. This king of the greatest kingdom in history, now it's just like a beast. But what did the Bible say? Then his mind was restored to him. And he gave glory to God. And then he returned to his kingship. But it talks about the fact that his heart was humbled. So brothers and sisters, that picture is a picture of each one of us. Apart from the Lord, we are just like that beast. Our bodies delegated everything that we wanted to do. But God's purpose was always that we would rule over this earth. God's purpose was always that we are kings. But because of our sin, we became like the beasts of the field. And, but thank the Lord, the Lord was able to restore our mind. The Lord was able to transform us and change us. We are able to humble ourselves to allow His life to live through us. Then what? Then we can return to the original purpose of God. So, brothers and sisters, in the book of Daniel chapter 7, we read in, the, in verse 27. Chapter 7, verse 27. It says, Then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms of the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. So, we are to walk in the Spirit. So, uh, why do we have to walk in the Spirit? Because then we will return to the original purpose of God. And to become a man after God's own heart. So, brothers and sisters, the Lord is doing a work. He's doing a work of transformation in each one of our lives. 
It's a wonderful grand purpose. He is the firstborn among many brethren. His life is in us. And he wants his life to grow in us. The issue is this. There is um, this issue of the fact that we still love ourselves. But remember the story of the Lord being the chief cornerstone. One day he's going to crush this world and it will fall to pieces. It will, it will be crushed to pieces. But it says that he who falls on him will be, will be broken to pieces. Now, if we want to cast ourselves upon him, so to speak, what does that mean? If we're willing to allow our life to be laid down, if we're willing to allow this earthen vessel to be broken, then his life can live forth. Then his life can grow. So that's why the Lord said, if anyone wishes to be my disciple, he must take up his cross, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow him. When we're willing to lay down our lives, when you're willing for our own lives to die, then his life will live through us. Then his life will grow. So isn't it interesting? When you read the book of Ephesians, it's this wonderful, glorious vision of God's purpose. But when we, but but then when Paul actually starts to talk about the practical out out uh, um, manifestation of it, I think we can read there. It's very familiar. But Ephesians chapter five, Ephesians chapter five. Now, interesting, Ephesians chapter 5 has a very similar portion to Luke 21. Because it says, verse 14, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful how you walk, not as wise men, but as wise men. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. And then verse 18 says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. So, but, but how do we do that? It's very interesting. And in verse 22, then Paul says, Wives be subject to your own husbands. And then verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives. And then in verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and mother. Which is the first commandment with a promise. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. 
But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. Not by way of eye service of men pleasing, but slaves of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. And verse 9, the masters do the same things to them and give up threatening. So all these verses, they're talking about how to be men. So wives be subject to your husbands. Husbands love your wives. Brothers and sisters, we live in a world where there's over 50% divorce rate. So many broken homes. Exactly because men have become flesh. Because men are willing to do whatever they, they feel like doing. And as a result, there were broken homes. And because man wants to do whatever they want, children are not just disobedient to their parents. They talk badly about their parents. Uh, kids don't honor their father and mother. We do not know how to be uh, good employees. We complain about our bosses all the time. So we are not good masters. Even if we're bosses, we we uh, we we are like dictators. But brothers and sisters, you see the point here. What the Lord is doing is bringing us back to the original purpose of God. Is that we are. Husbands according to God's purpose. Wives according to God's purpose. Children according to God's purpose. Employees according to God's purpose. Bosses or masters according to God's purpose. So that we can be conformed to the image of His Son. So what does it mean to be a testimony? Is when people see us They'll say, wow, there's something different about them. Everybody else complains, but they don't complain. When the people come to our homes, it's like, wow, this is like heaven on earth. It's not like other families. They're fighting all day. You know what happens normally after a funeral for parents? You know, the kids start to fight over the inheritance. That's the way of the world, isn't it? But brothers and sisters, what is it that the Lord is doing? He's conforming us to the image of His Son. But we need to take up our cross and follow Him. I think of another portion. And then it's Galatians chapter 5. And it's such a such a contrast. And I don't think it can be any clearer. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. 
It said, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, things like these of which I forewarn you, just have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. 十九节，情欲的事都是不二一见的，就如奸淫、污秽、邪荡、拜偶像、结束、仇恨、争竞、记恨、恼怒、结党、纷争、异端、嫉妒、醉酒、荒宴等类。我从前告诉你们，现在又
Now, because they have been conformed to the image of his son, now they can rule this earth. And then one day, how majestic is the name of God in all the earth? That day, not only is our Lord going to be the ruler of the world, but we have the privilege to rule with him as the saints of God. Now, throughout history, man has had a chance to rule this world. But you see, when man rules the world without God, what's manifested is that of the beast. And the Antichrist is going to be the height of that. Everything that is not of God. So, brothers and sisters, don't be surprised at the things that are happening on the earth. Don't be surprised at the Supreme Court ruling last year. Because this world is preparing for the Antichrist. Just read, just when you have time, just read the story of Nero. The Roman Emperor. He who persecuted believers. He burned them at the stake for his parties. He was one who publicly married a man. Everything that you think about, the Antichrist will be someone like him. And you see him. And you say, wow, that's a beast. That's not a man. But thank the Lord that the Son of Man is one day going to rule this earth. But we have a chance to rule with Him. To be like Him. And then this world will be ruled in the right way. And this is a wonderful contrast. We're not waiting for the beast. We're waiting for the Son of Man. Brothers and sisters, in these last days, let us look up because our redemption draws nigh. But we need to make the most of our days and cooperate with Him. Allow Him to do a work. It's nothing... Uh, uh, super mystical. As we read in Ephesians, it's about how to be faithful in our own capacity. As husbands, as wives, as children, as workers at work, as members of the body of Christ, let us allow the Lord to do a work in us. There's not much time left. But we thank the Lord that He has given us a glimpse of His purpose. Maybe we have a few brothers and sisters to lead us in prayer.